mean? What about people who are naturally, physiologically low-level sleepers? What about people who sleep only four to five hours a night? I know people like that. Now, there is a a bell curve here. There's a population. So Mm -hmm. on the one hand, there will be people in that population who are incredibly efficient sleepers, and they may go for five hours and be fine. And I'm sure, I'm sure we've got listeners going, oh, that's me, that's me. Mm -hmm. It's about 0.1% of the population. (laughs) It's not you. What's happened is you've become accustomed to Mm. poor sleep and poor performance, and you think it's normal. Wow. Michael, we got some questions coming in on Facebook Live on our chat. Uh, first of all, Stanley C., can I volunteer? So, Absolutely. Okay. How, and we can say this again or maybe even put it in the chat as well, but how would people sign up for this? Okay. So the easiest way is going to be to connect with me directly. LinkedIn is a great way of doing that. And what I'll do is I'll simply then provide people a hyperlink mm-hmm. where they would be able to join this study and, uh, again, give, give Singapore its first baseline. Nice. All right. Next uh, comment from Aloysius Lee is, good morning, Dr. Michael. How can we delay slash prevent dementia? What is the best brain exercise? Okay. This is a great question. And uh, this came from the Global Brain Health Institute earlier this year. Mm. 50% of dementia cases are preventable. 50% of stroke cases are preventable. What? Yes. 50%. Wow. Okay, you gotta you gotta tell us how because that's what everybody that's the next question, right? <laughs> so change your lifestyle, change your behavior, mm. and you can dramatically decrease the risk. Now, hmm. there's nothing that's going to guarantee it. Okay, because isn't, some, isn't some of that um, genetic? Exactly. You can't exactly. change the genetic. Uh, there's a brand new right? study came out last month that says about forty one percent of this is genetic. So, so we can't control, yeah. you know, 41% of the impact, but that's 59% of the risk you can influence and manage. Okay. So what's the best thinking now about how to manage that? Sleep, exercise, nutrition, right, and getting that foundation and that routine built into your life regularly. Wow. Now. Michael, sorry, you were going to say? I was going to say, I've got some bad news for you as well. <laughs> Why don't you hold off on that until Juliana okay. answers your question? I have a question because I've written this down, sleep, nutrition, and exercise. And to be honest, I've heard that before. It's very basic. Could you tell me about stress? Because I have a lot of stress at work. Mm. And that's why I'm taking a sabbatical to deal with the stress I have. So how does stress factor into all of this? Stress is a massive negative influence on all aspects of brain health. Oh my gosh. That makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense though, right? I mean, that totally makes sense. So, yeah. if we were to continue beyond those fundamentals, stress management would be fourth on my list. Okay. Sorry to say this, getting rid of alcohol would alcohol. be fifth on my list. Okay. And multitasking is just the worst multitasking horrible brain drain wow you didn't mention smoking what about smoking smoking uh that one i i I apologize i just simply took for granted yes the the (laughs) correlation between uh smoking health risks brain health risks is incredibly strong Hmm. you got to get this stuff out of your life Hmm. and here's here's why today with all the gains in physical health and longevity the healthy body, on average, is outliving the healthy brain by 20 years. 
That means wow. you're going to have 20 healthy years that are brain fog or worse. I don't want to live that way. I don't want to age that way. You know, we saw that with my mom. It was probably about 15 years. Three family members for me, same thing. Yeah, she held on physically, but mentally, you know, mm, not so good. That's the thing. I've been to many of these conferences that talk about, we, we talk about in the news about longevity. So... Our populations are aging and are living longer. But we need to talk about how much of those years are lived healthily. How we can live better. Yeah, better. So Mm. I I don't want to live longer, you know. Mm. I want to live longer while I'm still around, while I'm still active. I can think I'm I'm still present. More healthy years in the middle. I don't mind to live a shorter life. Mm. Yeah, 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 exactly. And that's the whole goal. And what makes this even more pressing is when we look at the discoveries that are on the near horizon, things that could easily add another decade to our lifespan, now, you know, you're you're now looking at a 30-year gap between brain health and physical health. Hmm. So all the more reason to start investing in taking care of this this organ between our ears. Now, the for those of us who are a little bit older. Is it ever, is it ever too late to start this? Obviously, it's better if you can start when you're young, in your 20s or 30s or even younger than that. But if you're older, if you're in your 50s or 60s, can you still get value from, you know, better sleep, better nutrition, better exercise? It is never too late. And here's in going back to my partner, uh, the the Center for Brain Health. What their research has shown is that through science-backed methods, not the stuff you get off the fun, cutesy apps on your phone, (laughs) but through science-backed methods, not only can you hit the pause button on cognitive decline, but in approximately one out of three cases, they even started to reverse it. Hmm. So your brain would get younger if you use the right methods. Wow. A quick question here from Rob Salisbury. Uh, Welcome back, Michael. Love your segment. Um, How important is getting fresh air from forests, uh, from the jungle here in Singapore, for example, uh, along the sea, uh, near the ocean, to reduce our stress, to optimize our brain mojo? Is Is there an environmental factor of getting out of the stress of the concrete jungle? And into a real jungle. But but another part to look at from that question yeah. is about how pollution can and pollution be, be, be as dangerous well. because yep. there's pollution and soot and God knows what yep. in, the, in yes. the air. Yes, So environment has a profound impact on this. So this is why, for me, all of the work with brain health begins with behavioral hmm. rather than anything that would be invasive. Okay. And uh, Rob, to Rob's question, there's actually several recent studies talking about the value of time in a forest, or I should expect that an ocean side would be identical to this. Hmm. But the stress relief and the reduction of the neurochemicals that are a stress response, which if they're in their brain too long, actually becomes a bad thing. But the clearing out of those neurochemicals, the cleansing of the mind, the stress reduction, nature is a very, very powerful way of accomplishing hmm. that. Um, and, and carrying on from that, you know, when I exercise, whether I'm cycling or walking, I want to listen to music, I want to listen to podcasts, you know, et cetera. And I know you're a big runner as well, um, Michael. Is there any research to indicate that if we are exercising, we should not have anything on, but we should be connecting with the world around us in a different way? So is having that stuff always going on in your head, is that a, is that a problem, a hindrance toward better brain health? Or is there, is there any research on that? 
I actually what I've seen is the the debate kind of going both ways, and I wouldn't say it's a big debate yet. And far more important, Glenn, I would say when you're out doing your jog, are you happy? Mm. Mm. That I think is the critical thing. And so I have, uh, you know, we have a mutual friend who's who runs triathlons, and he listens to nothing, mm. and that makes him happy. I'll put on my favorite, I'll show my age here, 80s rock and roll, <laughs> and yeah. it makes me happy. Yeah. And what I find is about five kilometers in, the runner's high kicks in, and that's actually when I do my best thinking of the day. Oh, okay. So as long as you're happy and your mind clears as opposed to dwelling on something, yep, all good. Michael, we do have to leave it there. Uh, again, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, whether they have more questions or they want to perhaps take part in this brain study that's going on, how do they find you? So so LinkedIn, simply look for Michael Netzley, N-E-T-Z-L-E-Y. I think there's only two of those people in the world. I'm the only one in I Singapore. I pasted it in the Facebook chat. You're the best one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, yeah I'm the best one. And then uh, just DM me and I'll get you the link directly to the type form to, to sign up. Michael, thanks for this. It's been a fascinating session. We will, of course, have you on as the as the the research is continuing. There's always something to learn. It. My pleasure. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, you, Michael. Thank you. Nice to meet you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.